I tell you to be different and creative and think this way. A much used business cliche. Kayla. What is outside the box? You got it. We're flying high with the wings and talking all things lacrosse. You're now listening to the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. everybody welcome back to another episode of the outside the box podcast part of the underground sports philadelphia podcast network it's episode number 180 of this absolutely ridiculous show kb and dj coming at you for a colorado preview the bye week is over we have lacrosse after dark on deck we have an interview in this episode with the one and only sarah griffin that'll be later on in the episode uh, but we got a lot to talk about between these games. Top Shelf is out for the people, and it is the most addicting game I've ever played. And we have trading cards for the PLL. So tons of stuff to get into in this crazy lacrosse world. But before we get started, got to give a shout out to our sponsors, Tomahawk Shades, the best eyewear in the game. Shout out to one of the owners of Tomahawk Shades, Chris Hogan signing a contract with the New Orleans Saints. He's back in the NFL, uh, and we'll get into the details of what that means for his PLL future later on in the show. But Tom Oakshay is the best small batch eyewear in the game. You guys know we're rocking the blue light glasses. We'll definitely be rocking blue light glasses for lacrosse after dark so our eyes aren't bulging out of our heads at like 1230 in the morning Eastern time when these boys are battling it out in Colorado. Uh, they got the sunglasses, the blue light glasses, everything in between. Go to TomahawkShades.com, fill up your cart, and when you go to check out, use our code USP for 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com. That's promo code USP at TomahawkShades.com for 25% off your entire order. Shout out to the homies at Tomahawk Shades. Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, the official vodka of the underground. DJ, I think we advertised the stateside vodka soda so well um, because they are currently sold out of the vodka sodas at statesidevodka.com. Uh, but don't worry, they're not going away forever. They are going to be restocked. We don't know when, but they will be restocked. But in the meantime, go to statesidevodka.com. Check out everything that they've got uh, on their website from the vodka to the limited edition bourbon. Uh, and if you want to support this silly little show, put those one liter bottles of vodka into your cart. And uh, when you go to check out, use code USP, get 10% off the first actively hydrating vodka on the market. It speaks for itself, seven times distilled, certified gluten free, and it's blended with electrolytes on the same spectrum as that sports drink that starts with a G. StatesideVodka.com. You got to be 21 or older to purchase. And of course, please drink responsibly. And our friends at Kenwood Beer, 
Use the Kenny tracker at KenwoodBeer.com to see who has Kenwood Beer on tap. And I'm sure everybody in the Philadelphia area will have Kenny's on tap for lacrosse after dark because it's the smart thing to do. And the even smarter thing to do is obey the law. You got to be 21 or older to crack open a nice cold Kenny. And of course, please drink responsibly. DJ, it's been a long ass bye week. Like we we can't we can't have this long of a bye week with the PLL anymore. I've been itching like a fiend. I feel like that bit on the Dave Chappelle show. Like y'all got any of that lacrosse? Like I, I need it. I am a fiending for PLL action, and uh, we are hours away from it heading into Friday night lacrosse. Chrome, Atlas for like the bazillionth time in our brain. It's like Mandela effect. Like it feels like these two teams have played like a bazillion times, but they really haven't. Um, Jack and Cannon out in this game with that groin injury. Brent Adams is questionable. Will House and Jesse Bernhardt are out for this game, but Michael Sowers taking off the injury report. And from everything I've heard, it sounds like he is going to be playing in this game and on Sunday. So that's a great sign for Chrome as they are uh, battling for a playoff spot heading into this uh, second half of the season. But Friday Night Lacrosse, what a perfect way to kick off the quote-unquote second half of the PLL season. Oh, yeah. I mean, these are two teams that are going to go at it every time they get on the field. I mean, like you said, it seems like they've played a thousand times, but in reality, I think it's only like three or four, <laughs> but yeah, but every time they play, it's it's unreal. You can feel the energy whether you're there or not, and it's it's going to be a great game. Trevor is going to fall out, as as Joe would say. Joe Mixon. I think uh, if anybody's got advantages this weekend, it's Trevor and TD going to college at Denver. At least you know Trevor was there much longer than TD, but. Playing in that altitude is no joke, so I'm going to be intrigued to see how some of these guys play out in Colorado. And you know, a bunch of the Outlaws guys will have uh, experience out in that altitude as well. But I- I'm just so happy that we have games back. To- it's been wait like this bye week felt like an eternity, and I'm not complaining because I never want to wish away the summer. But like, it would have been nice to have uh, a couple games of PLL action in here. But during the bye week. Uh, a bunch of things came out, which we'll get into. But the uh, the injury report for this week, week seven, Colorado Springs. Like we said, Jack Cannon is out. Will House is out. Jesse Bernhardt is out. Brent Adams is questionable for Atlas. Michael Sowers is questionable. But from all indications, he's going to play for the Water Dogs. Uh, I totally screwed that up when we were talking about that because it's super late and it's been a while that I forgot what team Michael Sowers plays for. Um, Drew Snyder is out with the medical listing tag there, which we're assuming is a concussion because that's what Michael Sowers has been listed as um, since he's been on the injury, the injury report all the way back in what week two. Um, Connor Kelly is out with a lower extremity. And Matt Rambo is still out with that hand injury. That sucks for whip snakes. Um, but that's your injury report. The interesting thing, which we can't confirm that he's done for the season or not, but Westberg not on the injury report this week. We'll see if he plays on Sunday for, for chaos. 
Uh, but we thought, you know, oh, Jordan Wolf's off the injury report. Maybe he's back. And then, boom, announcement he's out for the season. Uh, so we'll see what happens with Westberg. He hasn't played since like week one, uh, which sucks for chaos because they absolutely miss his uh, his scoring ability for that offense. But Atlas Chrome kicks things off all these games this week on Peacock because of the Olympics. Uh, so if you don't have Peacock, you better get Peacock. Otherwise, you're going to miss the PLL action uh, Saturday. We got Saturday night lacrosse, 715 p.m. Archers Redwoods and then lacrosse after dark water dogs, whip snakes. And then on Sunday we get chaos, Chrome Atlas cannons. It's just going to be an electric week for the league in terms of just playoff clinching scenarios, which we'll, we'll talk about um, because the league tweeted out all of those cannons for whatever reason uh, cannot clinch or be eliminated this week. So it's all going to come down to Albany for them. Um, but the clinching scenarios this weekend out in Colorado are as follows. And it's pretty interesting for some of these teams. Archers can clinch a postseason berth in Colorado Springs with a win over the Redwoods and two Chrome losses or a cannons loss. So it's not just a, an or situation for archers. They need to win. And then they also need either two chrome losses, which that's going to be tough uh, to have to rely on two losses from one team when you can kind of just rely on a cannons loss. You know, you hope for that rather than needing like all of this stuff. Um, don't know if archers will clinch a playoff spot this weekend. It's, it's, it's a, a lot to happen. Yeah. It's a stretch. It's a big stretch. Like, First off, they got to beat the Woods. I think that's a stretch. That's their main stretch they got to focus on. And then they got to get the hungry cannons who are in playoff mode, apparently, um, to lose. And then, or the cannons or the Chromats lose twice, which those men don't lose twice in a row often. Yeah. Uh, I think the one team that we will see clinch is Atlas, which will be a historic moment for that team. Haven't been in the the actual playoffs ever. Uh, so it'll be a, a very great moment. Shout out to Diggs, the one true Atlas fan on the planet. Uh, Atlas can clinch a postseason berth in Colorado Springs with either a win against Chrome or a win against Cannon. So they can split this weekend and still clinch the playoffs, which is big time for this Atlas team. And we've talked about it all season. Like, trust the process. They've done that. This Atlas team has proved week in and week out that they are legit. They're four and two. Uh, and by virtue of score differential is the only reason they're in third place. They have a legit shot to like move up the the standings these next couple weeks, potentially get that number two seed going into the playoffs and really kind of control their own destiny, which would be absolutely terrifying. If you're any other team in the league, this just young, nothing to lose atlas team like this is just like money in the bank for them they they were planning on seeing how these young guys would work out for them what pieces were going to work this was ben rubio's first time kind of putting his fingerprints on a roster and now they're they're one win away from a playoff spot yeah and i mean the only thing that could stop them from going far is if they don't get jack and cannon back like 
that could be a big blow. Like he was a big part of their defense. He did well between the pipes. And everything else about their team is spectacular. Their offense is stacked with or without Brent Adams. Their defense has been playing great, led by Michael Rexro. And then obviously you have Trevor Baptiste at the faceoff X. Like if they can get Jack back, they have a good chance of making a strong playoff push. Yeah, and I mean, if you're Atlas, they're a team that's not going to be trading anybody away. They're going to be adding to their team. So I am totally looking for Atlas to add somewhere on this roster, whether it's, you know, just a, a piece to come in and be, uh, you know, from one of those bottom three teams, whether it's Chrome, Chaos, Cannons, and, and get a guy who has been in the PLL playoffs before, knows what it takes to go through a playoff run, and sure, there's still guys on this team that like know what it takes. Like you have guys like Trevor, Tucker Durkin, who they are definitely not going to be trading. Like he's the captain of their team. You're not trading your captain if you're one win away from the playoffs. Um, but I, I think I could see them adding like it won't be a massive move, but it'll be something that like when you see it, it'll be like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. And it's going to help that team. It's going to help the locker room get that much closer um, but we said it from the jump. We were we were never hating on the Atlas this year. We were in full support of what was happening. We've just seen other teams do this rebuild process, and it take much longer than a year. But for whatever reason, this team clicked. They gelled, and they're one win away from a playoff spot. So shout out to Atlas. Uh, very much looking forward to the response from the Atlas Twitter account to find out if they do in fact listen to OTB either pre-practice during practice or after practice. Um, cannons, like we said, can neither clinch nor be eliminated this weekend. Same thing with chaos. They can't clinch or be eliminated and neither can Chrome. So three teams playing, everything's going to go down in Albany for them. Uh, they cannot clinch or be eliminated in Colorado Springs. The Redwoods can clinch a playoff spot this weekend with a win over Archers, win and you're in, or a Cannons loss against Atlas, or two Chrome losses. So it's not like the Archers where you need to win and Redwoods can clinch with a win, take care of business, you're in, or either of those other two scenarios. Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week, and it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for tv and movies on the underground sports philadelphia podcast network join me kb and a plethora of our hosts right here at usp breaking down all the new tv and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts I would much rather see, for the Redwoods' sake, you're in first place, take care of business, beat an Archers team that a lot of people are putting money on betting-wise this week, go in with an underdog mentality. That's what this Redwoods team is best at when they're performing under pressure. 
go take care of business, clinch a playoff spot, and then all you're worrying about when you get to Albany is winning two games against two formidable opponents that you know very well and try to lock up that one seed. Yeah, I mean, closing out the playoff relieves a lot of stress, a lot of pressure. You know that you're going to get in. So now all you're worried about is your seeding. If you can get out of, you know, the next weekend in Albany with two good wins that, you know, you win by three, four points, that'll boost the score differential well enough to keep you in first or second. You want that first, you can get that by, but second is also very doable. Yeah, I think if Redwoods clinch this week, all eyes turn to Albany. Focus on that Whip Snakes game and then that Chaos game. Most important weekend in franchise history for the Redwoods that weekend because if they clinch the one seed, you don't have to play. You don't have to get on a plane and fly out to uh, to Salt Lake. You you could potentially just go right to Philly and relax, hang out, and, and worry about things because uh, then you'd have three weeks off, you know, or no, actually, it'd be more because there's a, a bye week in between Albany and the first round of the playoffs. So, like, that is that is interesting. Like, I didn't even think of it that way with the uh, the week off, like the the one seed having the first round bye. You're almost gonna have a month off of no lacrosse. So, I wonder if like you take they're, that into account. Like, is that a disadvantage? They're gonna play tens. They're going to play tens all day in practice. There's no way are they going to not play lacrosse. They're going to play tons of lacrosse. Like, yeah. Nat's going to keep him going. He's he know, He's got to know that, like, you let him sit around, you let him only play wall ball, you let him take shots. Like, it's it's not going to end well. You got to have him in practice, structured, doing tens. Keep that lacrosse mind going. Here's the other fun part. Like, the PLL trade deadline, I think is August 6th, if I'm not mistaken. This is Nat's time of the year. Like he loves to wheel and deal. He's like Ric Flair, wheel and dealing. Uh, if Redwoods clinch a playoff spot this week, I'm totally going all in, pushing all of my chips to the middle, saying Nat St. Lorenz making a move to add to this roster. But what is he going to get? That's the thing that is like you got to kind of assess because pretty much this roster's loaded top to bottom. The only thing I could really see Nat trying to add is maybe like another defenseman just for depth, not really like a a starter per se, but go and get a guy that in like a baseball term, you go get a fourth outfielder that if one of your guys goes down, you have a starter ready to go. Same type of thing where like if you have a guy go down or somebody's not playing well, you can plug in a quote unquote like fourth defenseman and and feel fine. Um, also, like, do you go try to potentially get a more experienced backup faceoff guy to be behind TD for the playoffs just because of the wear and tear he's had this season and going right from? you know, his college season into the PLL, like you don't want him to hit that rookie wall because the two face-off guys on this roster are both rookies. That's a, another thing to take into account. But again, it, it's a roster that is loaded. So it's like, does Nat really have to make a move? Yeah. Like, I mean, 
does he want? I feel like does he want to? Probably. I feel like he's been pondering who he should move and why. Does he go for a pick? Does he move someone off the roster for someone else? So I think that there's a strong possibility a move comes, but there's no telling what the move will entail at all. Yeah, like we've seen every single year, Nat has made some sort of move, whether it's 2019 trading for Westbury and Jerry Raganese, trading for Miles Jones, trading for RP3, trading for Jules. Like he loves to make moves and upgrade his roster so that it's the best it can possibly be. And I think right now, like this team is playing well. They're scoring at a clip that like they're comfortable with. And I, I legit think they have a really good shot at locking in that one seed as long as they stay healthy. Yeah, staying healthy is going to be the big big thing for them. Um, I think that's the only thing really standing in their way. They're playing at a very strong pace right now. Uh, everybody's clicking together. The locker room seems to be very happy. Guys seem to love each other. Injuries seem to always plague a team like that. The next team that has a chance to clinch a playoff berth this weekend is the Water Dogs, team that had no shot at the playoffs last year. Uh, expansion team making the playoffs would be very fun. Uh, would be very cool for the ownership group because Jake Marsh will be on the call uh, this weekend in place of Brendan Burke, who's doing Olympics. So shout out to Jake. Um, the Water Dogs can clinch a spot multitude of ways, kind of like the Redwoods, where win and you're in. If they beat the Whip Snakes, they are in the playoffs. Or Cannon's loss to Atlas clinches a playoff spot for the Water Dogs, or two Chrome losses. So similar to the Redwoods in terms of clinching scenarios. But again, if you win, you're in. That that's a massive like franchise win for the water dogs. You beat the whip snakes to get into the playoffs. That's such a momentum builder going into Albany and going into the rest of this, this season in terms of the playoffs. I think it would do numbers and just like so well for this water dogs team. If they can just find a way, if Michael Sowers is healthy, if Ethan Walker's distributing the way that he has in his couple of games that he's been in the lineup, if Ryan Brown, can find the back of the net. It's a huge shift of the tides this season in the PLL if the Water Dogs can beat Whip Snakes this weekend. And I mean, I think they have a nice chance to. You have Mikey Slosser, who played some time in in Denver, um, going back. Zach Courier's going back to spend some time in Denver. Ethan Walker played in Denver. Like, and then they're already just a gritty team, and you know. Without Matt uh, Matt Rambo, it's it's going to be tough for the Whips this weekend. So the, the Water Dogs have a good chance to clinch this weekend. I think so. I think we see three teams at least clinch this weekend. Picks right now are Atlas Woods and and Water Dogs to clinch. Yeah, and I mean it's another fun face off match. You get Jake Withers against Nardella, um, and I think this Water Dogs team matches up well. You know, with no Rambo in the lineup for Whip Snakes. I want to see how they play. I want to see how they defensively they scheme against Zed Williams because you don't have to split up your defense to say, okay, who's going to cover Rambo? Who's going to cover Zed? Sure, you got to worry about Jake Carlson and Brad Smith and everybody, but you can really pick your, your poison here and say, 
we're going to try to lock down Zed as much as we possibly can. And if Brad Smith or Jay Carlson beat us, they beat us. Where if Rambo's in the lineup along with those guys, it's that much more difficult to kind of pick and choose who you want to put on who defensively. And I think Andy Copeland knows that. So I'm excited to watch because I I would assume the matchup one-on-one is going to be Eli versus Zed. But I'm going to be intrigued to see if they decide we're going to double team Zed and let one of the other two guys try to beat us. Early to slide to Zed, I could see that. And rotate behind. Because, I mean, if you're water dogs, you got to think, we got to take away the best components of this Whipstinks offense for us to win. We can score. Defensively, it's been a little rough. But if we can if we can keep pace scoring-wise with this Whipstinks team, that's all that matters. Yeah. And, I mean, without Matt, I think they could do that, especially if they play a little more aggressively on defensive end. I think you you slide early, rotate behind, and you kind of you stay on the double teams. You try and force the ball out as much as possible. And sure, like Whipsnake still have, I think, every advantage. If you, you go down the checklist, like offensively, I think, you know, you give the hat tip, I think, this week to the Water Dogs just because they're healthy. Um, but if Matt Rambo's in there, you're obviously going to give whip snakes the advantage but like it's very close offensively with these two teams midfield i think i lean whips for the advantage but again if this water dogs team is clicking and if ethan walker keeps playing the way that he has that's where i'm being like okay like water dogs take this midfield wise i'm thinking about zach Curry. Yeah. He's just he's unreal. Like and yeah, and if and if he's playing well, because I mean if he's it, it's I like don't even to, think about Zach Curry being a midfielder. He's just like a lacrosse player. Yeah. He's he's just out there like dudes being dudes. Literally. <laughs> and like but like Jake Withers, like if he can work that effective rate game, whatever he does at the X and make it ground. If Jake balls. can win like 45% of the faceoffs, it could be a very good game. Water dogs are in good shape. Very good shape. Cause their defense will create a couple turnovers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm leaning towards that being game of the week. I, like, I know, I know archers. Redwoods is there. No, but they have it. Whip snakes, water dogs, even without Rambo, like this game is gonna be electric. I'm liking that Cannon's Chrome game. That one's gonna be a lot of fun too, and we'll I get into both our teams. Picks. Are I think both teams are thinking like this is the seventh place. Like this is sixth or seventh place. Like you win this game, you're in the playoffs. You yeah, lose you lose it, you might not be. Yeah, that's true. And then the final uh, postseason clinch scenario is the Whip Snakes, and it's kind of just the reverse. If they win against the Water Dogs, they are in, or a Cannon's loss to Atlas, or two Chrome losses. That's why I think that the Whip Snakes Water Dogs game is so 
like on the table of being game of the week because it's like whatever team wins they're in and like water dogs it'll mean that much more because they didn't get to the postseason they weren't like in the hunt for the postseason tournament last year in the bubble where whip snakes it's like you know if we end up losing there's still a chance that if cannons lose to atlas we're in and we're the two-time defending champs. We're going to find a way to get into the playoffs. But Water Dogs, I think it means that much more. So I also think it means there's that much more pressure on them to go out and perform uh, on Saturday night against the Whip Snakes. Yeah, I mean, they, they have to. Like, both of those teams are like, okay, you go out, you win, you're in the playoffs. The Whips are like, they're looking at it like, okay, we win, we can relax a little bit, let Matt get healthy. We know we're going to get him back for the playoffs and we can just coast and do our thing. Water dogs are thinking, well, like we got to make league history. Let's, let's go out. Let's be an expansion team that makes something pop this year and it has a, a good playoff run. So th- this game, it, I, it, you have a good point. I think it might be game of the weekend at, when you put all of that into perspective. Yeah, so we'll see what happens um, with everything playoff clinching-wise. Last bit of news before we get to our interview with Sarah Griffin. Um, Chris Hogan, obviously we said at the top of the show during the Tomahawk ad read, uh, he has signed a contract with the New Orleans Saints in the NFL. So his PLL career is on hold. Um Signed that deal due to Michael Thomas uh, getting surgery at the most random time ever. So thanks, Michael Thomas, for not only being slant boy, but ruining Chris Hogan being in the PLL. Um, but of course, Chris Hogan's going to take the the NFL contract, the vet minimum there over the PLL vet minimum, pretty much. But he has been moved to the holdout list for the remainder of the 2021 season. Additionally, the PLL and Chris Hogan have reached an agreement such that Hogan can pursue an opportunity with the NFL. Whip Snakes will retain Chris Hogan's rights for up to two seasons. Now, that up to two seasons, I don't know if that includes the rest of this year or if that starts 2022. Um, That sucks. For (laughs) I read that, and I was like, wow. They get to retain his rights for up to two seasons, but Chaos couldn't retain Jeff Teat's rights. (laughs) Something about that school stuff. It's brutal. That's that Ivy League rules. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Chris Hogan, the, the 2021 PLL experiment has come to a, a halt. Uh, he played in two games, and it was with two different teams. Chris Hogan likes being in, in divisions as well. He, in, his, in his NFL career, DJ, he's played for every team in the AFC East. And now he's play, He's on a roster for half of the NFC South. Played for the Panthers. Now he's with the Saints. I was expecting him to go to the Bucks because he reunite with Tom, but, but they have a bazillion wide receivers there. And then at some point he'll uh, he'll get back at the Falcons for the. <laughs> he'll be like, "Hey guys, remember that twenty-eight to three? Uh, and he'll get down there. And then eventually play for just like half of the NFL. Um, but Chris Hogan, I mean, it was one of those things where it was going to be uh, an uphill battle for him. 
coming into the league, trying to crack a roster, which he did, and then trying to crack a game day roster when he's competing with guys that are in the sport of lacrosse almost year round. Now he was getting back into it after almost a decade. And, you know, even though it was short lived, it was fun. I don't know if we'll see Chris Hogan in a PLL uniform again. Um, I hope we do. I, I, you know, I think he, he has a legit shot to play in this league once there's more teams and once there's, you know, more dispersion of talent across the league. Um, but Chris Hogan, go tear it up with the Saints, man. Yeah, I mean, I hope, I don't know if we'll see him back. I want to see Tough. him back. I do, but like, I mean, football with the money. and Yeah, you know, that's the big thing. is, And it's a different love of the sport when you play football than, mm-hmm. when, you play than when you play lacrosse. So with all means, I hope he's back, but I, I completely understand his decision. Did you know Chris Hogan played lacrosse? I did. I did know that. I saw his his Penn State highlights. Like the, the jokes are I, back. I think I saw like oh what was it? It was like during like some football thing, and they like cut away, and I was like, you were like why do we care? Like <laughs> like obviously like I care, but I was thinking about like like every football person. They're like yeah, we care why? Like cool. <laughs> I loved how it flipped too when he signed in the PLL, and I was like, "Did you know Chris Hogan played football?" <laughs> now we'll we'll get into it when we get to the the trade. We need a Chris Hogan trading card for the PLL. That's all I'm saying. We'll get into the trading cards in a minute, but right now we're gonna kick it to our interview with the one and only Sarah Griffin, who is uh, bridging the gap between baseball Twitter and lacrosse Twitter at an exponential clip. We get into a ton of other things as well. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with the legend that is Sarah Griffin. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it has been a long time coming. Uh, This friendship has formed since the beginning of the PLL season. And now she's finally on OTB. It is the one and only the legend herself, Sarah Griffin. What's going on? Hello. Hello, thanks for having me. Uh, so you are a brand new-ish professional lacrosse fan. Uh, yes. You adopted the Cannons as your squad, being a, a Boston <laughs> fan by, by choice. Um, but they're not doing so well. But your other Boston teams are doing well. So <laughs> is this kind of like your your balance of like, a sense of reality that you need the cannons to pick things up to keep pace with everybody else, even though they're not technically a Boston team. Well, honestly, I'm like, this is probably my first like encounter, like being a fan of a team that's just like not completely like right at the top of the standings or at least fighting for it, which I'm like, maybe it was good for my character development as a sports fan. It was, it's been a nice reality check. And I still, cause I'm, I'm an optimistic person. I was like, they're not out of it yet. Not yet. There's still that fighting chance. You know, they're a good team. So I just keep holding on to them. Like they'll come through (laughs) for me. (laughs) So you have, you've become like the, the bridge. I feel like with baseball fans and lacrosse kind of meeting at the table and shaking hands because the amount of your followers that have come over and started watching PLL games 
that either have like a Red Sox logo as their Twitter profile picture or some Red Sox player past or present is through the roof. Uh, so hats off to you for that. But what has your uh, your first experience of the PLL been like taking it in as a fan and, and writing up articles and everything, which we'll get into as well. But your first experience with uh, pro lacrosse. I love it so far, honestly, because I do spend so much time watching baseball, especially where it's just like complete opposite ends of the spectrum. Like one game is just so like, I don't want to say it's slow because I know some people do say baseball is way too slow, but I enjoy it. But then I'm like watching across different kind of enjoyment for me. It's almost kind of like, because I'm a big hockey fan too, kind of reminds me of watching hockey, but not the same, but still somewhat similar. And it's just so weird because, like, one day I'll be covering baseball all day. Then the next, like, on the weekends, it's usually just lacrosse mainly. And it's just such a quicker pace, like, so much faster, like. And on top of the fact, I'm still kind of trying to, like, learn and get to know everything about the league, like, all the rules. It's kind of like I'm learning on the go. I I think I told you I've been watching, like, YouTube videos. I bought books, like. (laughs) <laughs> I bought a coaching book. I was like, I'm going to immerse myself fully into this because I want to know what is happening at all times. <laughs> That's how I was too. Cause like a lot of people who are like day one listeners of our show know this, but like I didn't start getting into lacrosse until like late 2018. I never played yeah. growing up. I had no idea like the rules of the sport. I got introduced to the box game before the field game. So like I was learning both sports at the same time. And like, I just like you, I fell in love with it. Like it's the, it's the speed. It's like the combination of like basketball and, and hockey all into one. And, um, the PLL just does it in such a way that like brings in so many people, no matter if they're like an actual fan, they're bringing in new fans, they're bringing in celebrities to watch the games. It's insane. Um, but what kind of, what was your first experience? Cause I know you were at Gillette. What yes. was uh what was the in-person experience like? Because I feel like watching it on TV and then getting your first chance to watch it in person is like a completely different experience. And I feel like that's for any sport, but with the yeah. PLL, it's like it's truly like an experience going to a PLL weekend. Oh no, and I'm glad that the first game that I saw was in person. I think that made all the difference for me. Cause yeah, that first weekend it was in Gillette. And honestly, just even like getting there and stuff. So I brought my sister with me because I used to play lacrosse actually for years. Obviously, girls are so much different than men, especially like high school, like that, all that. And so we were just pulling in. I was like amazed. Just I think the other thing that was amazing to me was like the crowds at lacrosse, like PLL games compared to like what I'm used to like baseball. It's just a much younger crowd. Mm Not like a lot of like cranky old men. Shout shout out RJ for that one. (laughs) I I truly put like 50% of the young demographic, I truly put into the hands of RJ Kaminsky because. Well, that was the other thing. I, because one of my friends actually, I think, friends with RJ and he was like, mentioned him to me. He's like, oh yeah, like you should follow him, like all this stuff. So I like looked at some of his stuff before. I was like, oh, like nice. Like he makes like YouTube videos, like all this. Then we got there, me and my sister both were, like, taken aback by just, like, how much, like, all these, especially, like, the, like, younger kids are, like, obsessed, like, wanted any interaction with him possible, like, any autograph, everything. It was, like, nothing I've ever seen before. Like, I swear, 
60% of the kids that like from the age of like six to 14 that are at PLL games are strictly there just to meet RJ. No, I would absolutely believe you because that's what it really seems like at some point. <laughs> because I was like, why do they all keep yelling at him? Are they mad at him? And my sister's like, I think they just want his attention. <laughs> like in the vlog from the All-Star Weekend, somebody was like, can, RJ, can you sign my arm for the meme? Because he's been <laughs> signing kids' foreheads all season. Yeah, I saw those. And now it's just turned into, hey, can you sign this appendage of my body? Uh, because it's a meme baby. now. Yeah. <laughs> that that will be the day RJ will know that like it's time to hang it up is when somebody has their baby get RJ's autograph. <laughs> um, you and I have been like exchanging DMs for a while. You were nervous as hell to put out your first PLL like write up. Um, were you expecting the traction that it got for that first one oh, to yeah, It blew up. It blew up. I was like so confused. I'm like, I don't think I have my baseball articles have ever blown up like this. Because <laughs> I'm like, I know majority of my followers are like, oh, they're here for the baseball or whatever. And I did ask, I was like, can you guys just read it? Like, I know you're all baseball people, most of you, like, just reading. Like, oh, yeah, like, we will. And then I feel like I've started to, like, kind of, like, befriend more people in the lacrosse community and stuff. So I'm like, all right, I know I got some readers there. And then the PLL retweeted it, so I was like, oh, okay. But a lot of them were just, like, baseball people, too. And I think kind of is that bridge thing. They're like, oh, it was a nice write-up for me to, like, kind of figure things out a little bit. Like, a lot of them were asking me questions about what stuff meant. And I was like, oh, I was asking these questions, like, two weeks ago. So don't, <laughs> <laughs> don't even feel bad. So how did you kind of stumble into covering lacrosse this year because that's like when we kind of connected was like hey i'm like covering pll games this year what kind of led to that and then just what has the uh you know you've gotten a lot of traction like you said from the lacrosse community like whether it's you know teams following you interacting with you on social media what has that experience been like kind of just getting that like warm welcome to the lacrosse community yeah, you know, I, I think it was back in May, so I do a lot of freelancing, obviously, and they're, oh, you live kind of close to Gillette, and I was like, yeah, they're like, this, like, premier lacrosse league, like, they're coming there June, like, would you be interested in doing that? Do you have any knowledge of lacrosse? I was like, I mean, I used to play, like, I'm like, I don't really know much about, like, the pro, like, any of that. I don't know much about any of it really I'm like but I have a general understanding of the game I guess and I am close so why not like okay so sure enough I was just sent on my merry way to Gillette that's that freelance life yeah that first game I mainly I didn't really take any like notes or anything I was like I'm just gonna kind of take it in and see what it's all about and then I was like all right I actually really enjoy this this is fun (laughs) um I mean, you got interactions from like Las Vegas lacrosse and the NLL who are brand new. Um, What has been like your most like what the fuck is actually happening when it comes to like introductions to like the lacrosse community, whether it's, you know, the NLL, the PLL. Like I have those moments where I'm like, why the hell is this team or this person interacting with me? What's been that moment for you so far? There's been a few. I feel like definitely when the Vegas team started following me, I was like, whoa, wait, what? Because also the other thing is like, especially with 
again, I keep bringing up baseball, but I'm like, with baseball, it's so hard to get, like, your foot in the door. Like, everyone's like, oh, you can't be a part of this. Like, where's lacrosse? Like, they're like, yeah, come on in. Like, come on in. Following me. Like, they're like, if you need anything, let me know. Like, you. Like, all these people. And I'm just like, wow. <laughs> it's a lot more welcoming here. Like, it's they want fun. to grow the sport more and, like, get it out there. So I think... I don't know. There's just been like all these people I've become connected with now through it that I never would have been connected with before. And it's kind of mind blowing to me. <laughs> now you have this big following on Twitter. How did yeah. your, your, and obviously you've, you've tweeted about this before where it's like, Oh, people are just following me. Cause I shit post about the Red Sox. What was like your, your intro into like the blow up glow up on social media. And, uh, how fun is it to just have a bazillion people interacting with your memes and posts? I think the first, like, because honestly, I, it was like 2018. So it was when the Red Sox were in the middle of like their like amazing run. It was still early, but I've been like just live tweeting the Red Sox for like years at that point. But it was just kind of to like 400 followers or so, just like people I went to school with, whatever. And all of a sudden in 2018, since they were so good, my tweets started to, like, gain more, like, traction out of nowhere. I didn't even know, like, Red Sox Twitter, like, baseball Twitter. I didn't know that was a thing. And I was like, where are all these people coming from? I was like, I'm not just tweeting into the void anymore. Like, I was all excited because <laughs> I had, like, a thousand followers. <laughs> and then by the World Series, I think I had, like, 4,000 followers. And that's also Jesus. around the same time I started, like, publishing and, like, writing stuff. Cause I was mainly just kind of writing for myself at that point. I'm like, maybe my mom will read it. I don't know. And then all these people that follow me for baseball are like, Oh, I'll read it. Like it was actually getting like views. I'm so confused. <laughs> that is literally how I feel. I'm just like, why do people, how are people listening to this podcast we're doing right now? Like from all over the globe, it's stupid. Um, and the people that we get to meet are ridiculous. Like, las vegas lacrosse like i met their ceo when we went to baltimore for the PLL weekend there i had oh never God. met never met him in my life only time i had ever seen him was on their live stream that they did introducing yeah. wayne gretzky and everything i waved at the guy and he comes up and bear hugs me and is like yo what's going on like i love your guys content blah blah blah, blah, blah. you got to come out to vegas i was like just get me a plane ticket <laughs> Say the word. I'm there. <laughs> Fly me out. I'm there. Um, <laughs> here's here's a fun one. Okay. Since you're a massive Red Sox fan, obviously you're new lacrosse fan. If you had to pick top three Red Sox that you think would succeed in the PLL, who would it be and why? Hmm, that's a good question. Okay. Something in my gut's just telling me Pedro would be a good lacrosse player. Which I'm like, I don't know if any pitchers really would be, but something about Pedro, I'm like, no, he would be good at it. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be good. I could see that. Let's see. Definitely Pedro. Dustin Pedroia would be good. Totally. I would say, I think he'd be midfield. Mm-hmm. And he would just come up on people out of nowhere and it'd be amazing. Yep. Definitely Dustin Pedroia. He'd be like that person that gets on everybody's freaking nerves just because yep. he's like undersized, but then would just like absolutely dominate. <laughs> and then who else? I don't want to say Mookie because he kind of has the same mindset <laughs> as Pedroia. 
And I yeah. just, I don't. I think Xander Bogarts would make a good lacrosse player. I could see that. I, I see him on like defense. Yeah, I I could see Xander being like stupid good at lacrosse. Yeah. <laughs> I also I like. I I would pay to see Manny Ramirez running around with a lacrosse stick. I would absolutely love that. He would like, go off. I don't think dreads flowing in the air. Yep. Need it. Manny being Manny in the lacrosse him. world would be <laughs> unbelievable. He would run over to the stands, do the whole running up the the wall yep. and everything, high fiving people. Need it. Oh my um, god! Now I kind of I need him in that atmosphere. Need it. <laughs> Paul, Paul, Mike, if you're li- Mike, I know you're listening to this. Let's get on the phone with Manny Ramirez. Let's let's get him to appeal. <laughs> yeah, all um. So this coming weekend's obviously Colorado. You're on yeah. the East Coast like us. You're going to yes. get to experience your first hashtag lacrosse after dark. Mm-hmm. It is <laughs> a time. Um, one, what's the caffeination slash seltzer lineup going to be like for lacrosse after dark? Two, are you prepared for just the wild ride that is 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern time start for a lacrosse game? Well, I have... I actually just bought a bunch of Bud Light seltzers, so that will definitely be what will be getting me through. And then also probably a lot of coffee. Need that extra caffeine boost. <laughs> that Those 10, I was honestly looking at the schedule earlier today because I think I saw either you or someone tweeted something about lacrosse after dark. I was like, oh yeah, they're in Colorado. I'm like, I wonder how late the game is. I saw the 10 game start. I was like, <laughs> 10 o'clock start one <laughs> it was so like lacrosse after dark for the pll got introduced last year when they were in the bubble because everything was on mountain time it was in utah so like yeah. the late games it was like all right cool we got lacrosse after dark we were watching games that like there was a delay for weather last year there was like a lightning storm that delayed a game and it didn't start until like almost 11 o'clock eastern mm-hmm. time and everybody was just like, okay, here we go. And it was just <laughs> the biggest, like, I was shocked that it wasn't trending more because I feel like the only thing on my timeline was people tweeting about lacrosse being on television at like 1130 p.m. And it was amazing. <laughs> well, because I was like, all right, well, if I can sit through like four hour baseball games at half the time, go to like 2 a.m., I was like, Right. Is fast. Like it's not like I'm gonna be falling asleep because sometimes I'll be watching baseball games like and they like if they're in extra innings it's like past midnight I start like dozing off I was like no 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 this is gonna be worth it but lacrosse there's I don't think it's physically possible for me to start getting tired watching no. it. you can't because every second something is happening and that's the yeah, best part like, you need to be paying attention at all times exactly uh so far who are your who are your favorite players to watch in the PLL. I really like, I don't know if it was just because it was the first game that I went to, but when the Cannons were playing the Redwoods, I was a big fan of my, my Jones. And so now I've just kind of like been following him through, like throughout the All Star game and stuff. I think that's my favorite player so far. He's the best and one, yeah, of, so the cool. ni- one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Like, oh, I believe it. Hands down. He is just like, he looks super intimidating. <laughs> but we'll like give you the biggest hug, great, greatest handshake, like super inviting. Love Miles. Um, 
Who's your favorite Cannons player, though? Hmm. I kind of just – I feel like I have to go Lyle, you know? <laughs> Who doesn't love Lyle? <laughs> Lyle's like, the best. That's another, he's just so cool. <laughs> he's amazing. Like I'm like, watching him play is just sick. <laughs> the things he does is, like, just video game-esque, which is just – and, like, he'll do these crazy-ass things, and it's just casual for him. Yeah. No, I'm like, like – humans should not be able to do that I'm like how does yeah. he <laughs> like after um their game against the archers when they won and over or was it overtime i think that whenever they beat the archers the last yeah. regular season game um lyle was in the press conference and i asked him, i was like what went through your head to like use <laughs> graham hasek as a shield yeah. and just like score between another defender he's like it, it just happens on the fly. Like, I don't pick who I'm going <laughs> to go up against. And, like, I just go out there. And I'm just like, how do you choose? Like, Graham Hasek's nickname, he's massive in the NLL. His yeah. nickname is Cyborg. Like, how do you just say casually, oh, yeah, I'm going to just, like, use the use a guy nicknamed Cyborg, who's, like, one of the most intimidating people on Earth, <laughs> and just use him as, like, a, a check and just score yeah. casually. Right. I was like, Lyle, you're unbelievable insane i actually there was one game i forget which one it was it was when they're on i learned it's on long island yes it was when they were playing on long island and i was at my friend's apartment but i was working so i had the game on and she was watching with me and she was like who is that like she was like that kid's really fast like he's everywhere i was like yup <laughs> and the craziest part is like lyle is the youngest thompson brother and there are like four of them, and they're all ridiculous. That they're all insane at lacrosse. Every single like, one of them. So in the NLO, Lyle plays for the Georgia Swarm. His brother mm -hmm. Miles plays for the Georgia Swarm. And up until this past season, like going into the off season, they traded him to Colorado. But Zed Williams was also on the Georgia Swarm. Just all in one team, casual, no big deal. I was like, that sounds like an all-star team. I was like, that shouldn't be legal, but no. here we are. Granted, I'm a Philadelphia <laughs> Wings guy, and we have Matt Rambo, Trevor Baptiste, and Blaze Reardon all on one team. So, Well, that also sounds like an <laughs> all-star team to me. No big deal. Um, playoffs are coming up for the PLL. Yes. Are the Cannons going to make the playoffs? See, this is what I've been struggling with this week because I've been trying to write a piece like, oh, like playoff previews or whatever. And I'm like, these games are so hard to predict. I'm like, statistically looking at it, they should not make the playoffs. But I'm like, also statistically looking at it, like look at their roster. They should. They can. Yeah. Their <laughs> roster is stupid for them to be yeah. two and five. So I'm like, part of me wants to be like, yeah, they'll make the playoffs. So I'm like, they're last. They're in last place. Like, they don't have easy matchups coming up. <laughs> That's why I was cracking up. Like, the game against the Archers on the broadcast, they were like, yeah, if the Cannons lose here, the Archers essentially clinch a playoff spot for five teams right now. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. That works. Yeah. Um, the, I think the, the crazy part, is, like you said, like, their roster says that they should make the playoffs. And that's the fun yeah. part about the PLL is like, there's only eight teams. Every roster is stacked to the nines. Mm -hmm. And 
I think they the the Cannons have a legit shot to make the playoffs just because the roster's loaded. Their coach won a championship last year, friend of the show, Sean Quirk, with in the MLL. So like they have like that quote unquote whatever it takes mentality to go out and win a championship. It's like you said, this league is so difficult to predict that like one week a team is is on top of the of the standings, and then the next week they have a doubleheader, lose both games, and they're in fourth place. One of my friends, he's very into sports betting, whatever. He goes, oh, great. Now that you cover the PLL, he's like, you can help me when I have to pick. Like, my, I was like, I'm telling you. It's so unpredictable. I lose I so like, much money. Do not do it. I was like, these games, you cannot predict. I was like, I definitely can't predict anything. But I'm like, no. even when I like, see like other people's predictions, stuff that are like well thought out, I'm like, Within like minutes of the games, it's all of a sudden like, yeah, that's down the toilet. <laughs> yeah, it, it never were. I try to bet. I think I know what's going to happen. And then I lose every single time. It's so ridiculous. Um, the other thing that I'm intrigued by with your knowledge of the PLL now and just the way that the, the league is going, what do you see like you know, with you bringing baseball fans in and a lot of people bringing baseball fans in, like a couple of years ago, people forget like Paul Rabel was chilling with Pete Alonzo at City Field before yeah. the home run there. Like it, it ha- it's going to happen. But like that discourse between like the two sports, how do you see that bridge kind of closing coming from quote unquote baseball Twitter to covering lacrosse? Like, do you see that gap kind of starting to like kind of merge? I definitely think I see it, especially with younger baseball fans. Like, obviously, the older baseball fans, I barely can connect with. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're hard. I try to not to connect with them. Yeah, I, say I try to avoid them the best I can. But I feel like, especially younger, like, they want to get more into, like, they don't just want to, like, pay attention to baseball. But also, I also know not of them, most of them are into, like, football, like, basketball, any of that. And I feel like lacrosse, like, the schedule kind of works out, like, especially with the PLL, like, it's not like it's overlapping with baseball most of the time. Like, they're, you're maybe missing one game or something, but they're also not hours and hours on end every single day. And I feel like it's, again, it's kind of the opposite of baseball. Like, it's so much faster, like, a lot more, I don't want to say exciting, but, like, a different type of exciting, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, more, like, face value, like, wow, this is sick. <laughs> right. And it's, it's that... uh the old school vine attention span. Like you have a six second attention yes, span and exactly. that's what the PLL delivers on. It's like, there's something <laughs> happening every six seconds. Um, yep. And I, I agree. I think the younger demographic is like what they're targeting to mm-hmm. try to bring in. Cause it, it'll help when, you know, these like 12, 13, 14 year olds are growing with the league. And it's like, oh, like, you know, when I was a teenager, I remember like when there was eight teams in the PLL and now there's like 16 or whatever it may be like. And it seems like marketing wise, that's what they're going with, like with the new video game that's out. um, Totally targeting like that young on their phone all the time demographic. Um, And I I think that's smart in terms of just like the marketing aspect of it. You and I being big, like I'm a huge baseball fan too, like. Phillies, yeah. I will ride and die with that team, even <laughs> though they're the stupidest team on the planet. Um, 
how do you view the marketing aspect of base? Because that is like the number one gripe with baseball is like they don't market their players properly. Like the number one player on the planet doesn't get the marketing that he deserves to get and all this stuff. And it's starting to slowly turn a bit now that you have names like Shohei Otani, Fernando Tatis Jr. and everything. But like the way the PLL markets, it's like every single player has a platform. And I think that's the way that like everything should be. What what are your thoughts on that? And just like experiencing like somebody that like on a typical big four sports roster that would get no publicity if they're on a PLL roster, like they're in the limelight every single week. That's the thing. I think the biggest issue with baseball and the way they market their big players is, like you said, like they've gotten better at it. Like they know now, like, oh, we should market Tony Mora, like Tatis Jr., whatever. But it's almost like in their mind, there can only be like this set amount mm-hmm. of our players and they just fixate on them. Whereas there are guys on every single team that if you market them and stuff, like people, someone's going to see it that wasn't interested in baseball. They're like, oh, that guy's cool. Like, that's good. Like, whatever. Like, I want to get into this more. Whereas, I don't know. I feel like if you just keep marketing the same, like, three players, especially with baseball, how it's, like, they're city-based. Like, PLL, like, there's no, like, set city with the teams, which I feel like almost makes it easier to market. Like, I don't know. If I'm not, like, a baseball fan and I see Otani or something, I'm like, oh, that's cool, but I'm not from California. Like, whatever. So I can't be a fan of it because I feel like that's how a lot of some people's, like, mindset is. Whereas if they're able to just market it kind of the way the PLL does, like, every single person on the roster, like, look what he did, like, all this, like, here's a graphic, like, everyone kind of gets their spotlight basically. Yeah. Which I think is so smart. Like they, they market the players platforms too. Like I was kind of bummed. Yeah. They didn't do it this year for the all-star game. Like in 2019, like every all-star game uh, Jersey for whoever was in the game, their nameplate was their social media handle. Like, it, yeah, I think I saw a tweet about that actually genius. Like you can't make that up. Like that's how you, you <laughs> should be marketing every single player. Like, Sure, they play for your respective team, but also like market their platforms, allow them to be like a face that people can go out and relate to and like kind of gravitate towards that way. Every single player on your roster has a fan one way or another. Like if you go to a PLL weekend, I'm sure you saw it at Gillette, like there were jerseys of every single player under the sun that I was just about to say that I'm like, there is so many different jerseys, like so many different names, which I was also like so surprised by because. Again, you go to a baseball game, you see kind of mainly like the same like three or four names over and over. I saw like 10 different names just walking yep. in. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like when I was in Baltimore, I saw Danny Logan Atlas jersey. And I was like, I'll probably never see this again. But that's <laughs> fucking cool. Like that's what the league is trying to do is like just carve out different niche fan bases within these niche fan bases. Yeah. And I also think it's cool that like, they don't give a shit if the media has like a quote unquote team that they root for or like these like people that like are like covering the league. They don't care if they have a fandom or if they're covering the league as a whole. And I think that's super cool from like you and I being like young media people. Like when you're in school, they're like, Oh, you got to lose your fandom. Like you can't be a fan of, of the team you're covering, which I think is such bullshit. Oh, it's so, because I'm like, especially with my writing and stuff, I will try and like, obviously I'm not just going to write about the Red Sox, whatever, but then I'm like, I should be able to go on Twitter and like 
tweet as much as I want about the Red Sox, but I always will get replies, and they're like, oh, like, what team are you even a fan of? Like, I read an article from you last. I was like, so? Like, right. I was doing my job. I still have a person. I still have a fan. Like, <laughs> I still enjoy watching the sport. Yeah, it's like, I feel like if you throw away your fandom, you lose such a huge element of how you cover the sport. No, it's not as fun that way. If you're just like, nope, I'm looking at this strictly. Obviously, in your writing, yeah, you're never going to be like, well, I really wanted this to happen. But, right. Like, you know where to draw the line, but it makes it more enjoyable. And it honestly makes covering things so much easier because you're actually having fun. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you have about it. And so many, like, old man yells at the clouds people in media, like, <laughs> covering these sports. And it's just, like, such a f- breath of fresh air. With, with lacrosse media because it's like we all don't give a shit and we'll root for every single team and we'll also have like a secret fandom no that's the thing i feel like another thing i noticed is lacrosse media is so much again younger like just like the crowd like fans younger like a lot of the media is just younger people who are just like yeah i want the sport to excel like i want everyone to see it i don't care like anyway get out there <laughs> exactly uh you announced it today as we record this on Wednesday night, you have a new yes. podcast. Yes. Plug the pod. Let the people know what's coming. Okay. It's called Saturdays and Seltzers. It's our first episode's coming out Saturday, obviously. I think the Twitter handle for it is at Sat and Seltzers Pod. And so it's me and my friend Kendra Middleton. It's not just Boston Sports because she's actually not even a Boston Sports fan. It's sports pop culture just kind of shooting the shit you know a whole mix of things it is mainly sports but we've got a lot going on there <laughs> i'm super pumped i saw the the promo shot for it. i was like okay i'm i'm in <laughs> i can't wait and speaking of seltzers like we have a, a vodka sponsor that like i'll give you the connects for they, Ooh, they now yes, they now ship to massachusetts so like we got you <laughs> um let everybody know where they can follow you on Twitter with your bazillion Twitter followers and uh, keep up to date with everything you're doing. Yes. Yeah, so my Twitter is at SKG underscore 18. And Sarah's got like a bazillion Twitter followers, like I said, but <laughs> somehow we'll find a way to retweet you because she's the goat. <laughs> I don't know how, like, I don't know how I would keep up with all the mentions that you probably get and just being able to like find the good tweets to retweet. I don't know, because I don't know if there's something wrong with my Twitter or I'm setting on it or something, but I don't even see half the replies I get. I don't know if it's like, oh, this one's a troll, like this guy don't even... So it only ever really shows me good ones. I don't know what I did to my phone for it to do that, but I'm like, I'm not going to complain. So I see everything I, I want to see. I love how my first uh, introduction to the dislike option was on one of your tweets. <laughs> Which you and I both agree it's such bullshit that the author of the tweet cannot see the dislikes. I know. I can't like, believe that. I was like, they're letting people dislike my tweet and I can't even know. <laughs> I probably have so many dislikes. <laughs> it's literally like one of those in this economy, we can't see our dislikes. Like, yeah. How are we, how are we supposed to properly calculate our ratios? And I'm like, all right, I'm also pretty sensitive. So maybe it's for the best. They're not letting me see. this. <laughs> I don't think I would be able to handle it. <laughs> Last one I have for you, though, 
Um, okay. I feel like it's very on brand that like your Twitter followers are your hashtag besties. <laughs> who are who are your top four interactions on Twitter? With do we do a good job on the mood board? Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, so you're in the top five. I mean, you have your college like pulling up receipts. That's iconic. <laughs> I like for I honestly when they tweeted at that, I was like, I forgot this even happened. <laughs> Were you now are you talking about the forgetting the tweet happened or forgetting that you went to college? Forgetting the tweet <laughs> happened. I that was the thing because that guy, it was Caucasian James on Twitter. It was mm-hmm. like, oh. Why do you put your college in your bio? Like they don't care about you because I have my college in my bio and everything. I was like, you guys don't care about me. <laughs> and they're like, hey, look at this. Yes, we do. <laughs> and we remember this interaction from years ago. Now. <laughs> it's hilarious. You have them. The the Woo Sox love you. Oh yeah, I would say the Woo Sox, the Fisher Cats, and the Cleveland Rail, Rail Railroaders are all my favorite. You, all you my literally people. have like an Avengers lineup of like minor league baseball teams just ready to go to war for you. And then like your college is like your weapon of choice. <laughs> I'm like, if no one's got me, I know they all got me. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm ever in a fight, I want to just pull up all my minor league teams in my college. And I got like, references. <laughs> what is this? It's like, if you ever go for a job interview, that's just what you present. It's like, here I might people as well ride for me it's like <laughs> what is linkedin don't need it i have minor league baseball teams by my side yeah so they just refer to one of my minor league baseball friends not like friends of the team actual teams they're my friends <laughs> absolutely incredible sarah this was amazing uh we'll have to do it again yes please whenever uh check out the pod saturdays and seltzers dropping on saturday Woo! very on brand <laughs> Um, <laughs> and uh, can't wait for your first PLL after dark experience because it's going to yes, be yes. We're excited. Thanks for having me. Big thank you to Sarah Griffin for coming on the pod. A much anticipated guest appearance, and it took far too long for it to happen. But won't be the last time Sarah's on the show. Make sure you guys check out her new podcast. Uh, salt and seltzer that is coming out or saturday and seltzer i'm sorry coming out on saturday uh so you'll have something to listen to before lacrosse after dark uh before we get into our picks and everything bj we made the announcement last night on underground sports philadelphia we have a new partner with the network and that is our friends at pickup it's a place to go for prop bets it is a prop bet so you make your picks, you play the headlines, it's integrated into blogs, we're integrating it into our podcasts as well, and uh, we have our first OTB play pickup prop that we'll have on every single show from here on out. Uh, so go to playpickup.com, you can check out everything, and when you play the props, you have chances to win prizes. They have the pickup marketplace uh, that your points can go towards gift cards to different websites, a whole bunch of stuff. It is a fantastic you know idea a fantastic format so big shout out to our friends at pickup and i'm gonna have this them run this poll tomorrow uh on their website but we're gonna tease it here on the pod and we brought it up before we started recording dj and i think it's a hilarious one to play 
because it is something that could be in play as the rest of this PLL season unfolds, and it will be. Do the Redwoods finish with more wins, or do the Cannons finish with more losses? Cannons right now sit at 2-5. and five. Redwoods are 4-2. and two. Redwoods have three more games remaining. Cannons have two more games remaining. So in a circumstantial world, they could finish with the same amount of losses slash wins where Redwoods finished seven and two Cannons finished two and seven. But if you had to make your pick, do the Redwoods finish with more wins or do the Cannons finish with more losses? Woods with more wins. Cannons. It's a split. tough question. Cannons split one and one in the next weekend and the Woods go two and one. So that would put them six and three. And or no. Three that, and six? I guess that'd be the same. So I guess the, the Woods would win out. I'm going to say... I'm going to say Cannons finish with more losses. I think somehow Redwoods are going to split in Albany where it'll be like one of those things where they don't need to win both games. Um, but I'm going to say Cannons finish with more losses than Redwoods finish with more wins. And you guys will be able to cast your votes at playpickup.com. The poll will be up. It'll be in a blog. It's going to be on this podcast here. We're going to do pickup props every week on the show. So stay tuned for all of those. It's going to be fun shit like this. That's what pickup's all about. And it's all about getting you guys involved as well. So go to playpickup.com for all of your prop bets. Get involved with our friends at Play Pickup. Playpickup.com. Shout out to our new partners over at Pickup. But let's get into these games. The games of Colorado weekend kicks off Atlas Chrome, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. They get the whole podcast hosted by Stephen McAvoy and John Mavalia. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Get In The Whole Pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This game is going to be super interesting. It's going to it's going to be a battle of face-offs to I'd say power guys, if you wanted to classify, you know, styles of face-off. Sure, Trevor's got that speed, boy, but that's after the face-off. Uh, but both of those guys, super strong, Trevor and, and Connor Farrell. Um, they, they always have amazing battles at the stripe. That's where it's all going to start. I think the biggest issue here for Chrome is we saw what happened when Will Hoss went out with that injury. Uh, in Minnesota, he's going to be out this weekend. That Atlas offense is buzzing. And if they can just find that hole, Ryan Tarafanko, that's the homie. Shout out to him. He's having the best rookie season of any Ohio State rookie athlete out there. Um, he can't do it all on his own. Like this Chrome team is going to have to step up, help him out. Um, and I think it, it'll help that, like, you know, Will is out to start the game. It's not going to be a mid-game, you know, pulling him out of the game, changing the game plan on the fly. 
but I don't know if they're going to be like Will Haas being out and nobody to really cover Jeff Teat with a with a short stick to kind of pull that double team, pull that slide. That's tough, and I just don't see a way Chrome beats Atlas. No, I don't really see it either. I think the offense is too good. You still got, you know, uh, Dan Bucaro. You still have um, Caraway. You know, Brent Adams isn't going to play. So Romar Dennis, Eric Law. Like, they have so many options on offense. Mark Cockerton. Yeah, the, the, the Chrome defense won't be able to, to keep up. It's not – not like they aren't good, but they just have so many pieces missing – with being hurt that they just, they won't be able to do enough. Yeah. And I mean, the, the one advantage for Chrome is that Jack Cannon is out. So you're going to have either JD Colarusso or tape Boyce in this game. Um, and that's no knock at them, but it, you know, it's not having Jack Cannon in there. Can these got one of those guys step up? Who is it going to be? Do you play JD both games this weekend? You know, do you want to have Tate playing against his former team who knows him? I don't think so. Um, so, I mean, that's going to be another, you know, hurdle that this Atlas team is going to have to overcome, which they've done it in the past. And it wouldn't shock me if they do it again. So I'm rolling with Atlas this week against Chrome for Friday night lacrosse. Um, the current odds for that game are... Let's pull them up here via the league's official sports book. Not a sponsor of OTB, but Chrome are one and a half point underdogs. The over unders 24 and a half. And then Atlas are minus 180 favorites on the money line and plus 155 for Chrome. Kind of like the over with the defensive injuries for Chrome with the goalie situation for atlas i think there could be a shit ton of goals in this game i would take the over if i'm betting on anything with this game um yeah i i think there's gonna there's gonna be goals in this game we saw that on long island like the game finished 16 to 10 i think in favor of atlas and that was a a back end of a double header for chrome uh, I think there can be goals in this game, and plus it's on Peacock, so Colin Heacock's probably going to score like 12 on his own. Yeah, this man is going to have a ball this weekend, both his games on Peacock. I'm excited to be hashtagging that. It's my favorite lacrosse hashtag. Ball. Colin Heacock is probably on the plane going to Colorado like, this is a God dream. <laughs> He's living that these the games only, are on Peacock. It's the only song playing in his headphones. That and like pursuit of happiness. <laughs> <laughs> That's what his highlight uh, tape should be this year. It's just to pursuit of happiness by Kid Cudi. Oh my God. It would be amazing. It would be perfect. Talking about Peacock, Peacock. <laughs> oh man. Saturday night lacrosse, 7.15 p.m., Redwoods Archers. Redwoods are minus one and a half on the spread. So Redwoods are going in this game favored, but it is plus odds on that minus one and a half at plus 150. Uh, the money line's even. Both teams at minus 110. The over-under's 23 and a half. Listen, 
the archers are going to make the playoffs one way or another, whether it's this week, whether it's in Albany, they're going to be in the playoffs. Will they pull the upset quote unquote here against Redwoods? Wouldn't shock me if archers win this game. It wouldn't shock me if Redwoods win this game. I hope both teams just have a great time and have a lot of fun, but a Nat St. Laurent team that is in first place, that is a win and in situation. Nat's going to pull out the strings and, and be the puppet master for this game and do whatever it takes to make sure that this team gets that weight off their shoulders of, okay, playoffs are clinched. Let's move on to the next task. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if he's going to let archers like mess around and, and beat them. I, I don't think, I don't think not even will he not allow that. I don't think Eddie Glazner is going to allow that. I think he's really going to step up as that team leader and be like, yo, and same as K-18. He's like, this is one of those games I felt before. Like this is that hump game. We have to get over the hump. We win this game. We are over the hump. We are in the playoffs. A lot, a, a lot is going to relax for us. A lot is going to become a lot easier for us because we don't have anything to worry about. This is literally their Wednesday. This is their Wednesday of the week. They get over this hump, smooth sailing. Yeah. One game this weekend, that's all you got to worry about. I think that's huge for them. Um, I, I think Redwoods end up winning this game. I think it's going to be back and forth. I think it's going to come down to like final possession potentially. Like This has that type of uh, feel to it. But I think Redwoods end up finding a way to win this game. Uh, and they take down Archers, clinch a playoff spot, one step closer to that one seed, and and accomplishing the goals that they have set out for them for this season. And then it goes into the nightcap, 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, hashtag lacrosse after dark, whip snakes, water dogs. Both these teams have W's in their names. Only one of them will come out of this weekend with a W and a playoff spot clinched if they win. Web snakes are minus one and a half on the spread, but it is plus odds at plus a hundred. Uh, the whip snakes are favored on the money line at minus one fifty five. Over unders twenty four and a half. I'm telling, I I just have this weird feeling. I have a a hunch that this is a water dogs weekend. I think they find a way. In a sense, it's a homecoming for a lot of these dudes that played for Denver in the MLL. And this Water Dogs team is hungry. Sure, it's not a Friday-Sunday doubleheader for them. They have not won a single game weekend game all season. And what better way to do that than against the Whip Snakes and clinch a playoff spot? I think this is like this is the most pressure that the Water Dogs have had all season because it is like one of those monumental things as a team. You know, finally uh, accomplishing something as a franchise, as a group with the guys that were there last year, with some of these new guys that they brought in to kind of help build this culture up. If the water dogs can win this game, like they're going to be terrifying in the playoffs and to, to get a win, to clinch a playoff spot over the whip snakes again, huge monumental. The whip snakes will be in the playoffs, very similar to the archers. They'll find a way they'll get in. Um, but I think the Water Dogs end up winning this game. Very close game. But uh, I like Water Dogs plus one and a half, and I like them to win. 
Yeah, I, I would bet the over here is going to be a lot of goals scored in this game, a lot of offense. Um, but I think with the Water Dogs being so young, they don't want to be in the scenario where they have to be in that bunch of groups mm-hmm. that's playing for their lives next weekend in Albany. They want to just be securely in the playoffs, and that's what's going to drive them this weekend along with the homecoming for so many guys, whether it was college ball at DU or it was MLL with the Outlaws. They're, they're going back home. They're going to be excited to play. Yeah, I'm very excited. I'm dubbing that game. That is KB's official game of the week. Whip Snakes, Water Dogs. It's lacrosse after dark. It's all the bells and whistles you could want for a PLL game. Uh, and I'll say it right here. We're going to do a Twitter space before that game. Twitter space is going down for Saturday lacrosse. Uh, we might do one, too, for Redwoods Archers, but definitely before Whip Snakes, Water Dogs. We'll have like a post-game Twitter spaces. We'll have one leading into the game. We'll have it at halftime. We're going to do it all because we'll be the only ones awake on the internet because we're absolute fucking Looney Tunes. Um, and then we uh, we kick off the month of August with Sunday lacrosse. 2 o'clock p.m. is the first game. It's Chrome Chaos. Pseudo rivalry. I don't know if it exists anymore because a certain somebody's not on Chrome anymore. Um, <laughs> but Chrome Chaos, Chrome are favored in this game. They are minus 135 on the money line, minus one and a half point favorites, plus 110 odds on that. The over-under is 22 and a half. Am I really going to pick Chrome to lose two games like and be that, that clinching scenario? Like, I don't know. Like, this is a game where like both of these teams are fighting for standings. They're fighting to, you know, have that better goal differential. This is going to be a bloodbath kind of game. I think this could be a very low scoring game. So I kind of like the under in this, but this is like the most unpredictable game of the weekend. Cause anything could happen. Um, like you give the face off advantage to Connor Farrell. You give the goalie advantage to Blaze. But then it's a matter of whose offense shows up. Both of these offenses have had so many stagnant points throughout the season. You know, do you give the the weird superstitious advantage to Chrome because it's on Peacock? Like, that's how difficult it's been to predict these two offenses this year. If Chrome wants any shot at being in a, a playoff, like of clinching a playoff spot at some point in Albany or even thinking about uh, winning a playoff game, they need Justin Gutterding to like unlock 2019 Justin Gutterding like today <laughs> because without that, there's no shot with all the injuries they have. With, with all the just like back and forth of not knowing what type of offense they are, they need Gutty to step up and be the Gutty that everybody knows he can be. It's almost like Mac O'Keefe broke his college scoring record and drained all his powers from him. I need Gutty back. Like it, it's not the same for this Chrome team. If you can have Gutty and Keacock going out as a one-two punch, 
Like that's your NBA jam shirt that everybody seems to have for everything under the sun. Your boy, Aaron Rodgers walking in with one from the office. That was absolutely electric. Colin Heacock and Justin Gutterding as your NBA jam duo for Chrome. You need that. That's the only way I see Chrome sniffing a win. I like chaos plus one and a half. Don't know if they'll win, but I have to give the goalie advantage to them. The face-off advantage obviously goes to Chrome because chaos has been a mess at the stripe this year. But man, this game is tough. Like I don't even want to like bet anything on this game because it's so unpredictable. But like this is going to be like old school, like December football type of game where these two teams are just like grinding it out and trading possessions and whoever's defense can step up in a big way is what's going to, I think, result in who wins. I like Chrome to win this game. Um, I don't know if Justin Guttering is going to come back just yet, but they do need him like right now. Like he needs to wake up literally right now. Um, wake up, Justin, wake up. Literally, but like other than that, um, I like the idea that you brought up about this being a bloodbath, and and that's what they love. That's their identity. They love the games where it's just up for grabs and it's going to be an all-out battle. Those are the games they live for. I mean, look at Counter Farrell. Like that guy looks like I don't know what he does before games, but it looks I'm like scared. Thor. Avengers Assemble. I'm scared of it. I'm scared of whatever his pregame ritual looks like. <laughs> It's but him. Like, it's him and Andy Towers just staring at each other <laughs> with no words. Absolutely no words. Uh, yeah, that game is going to be must see TV because oh, it's yeah. so unpredictable. You don't know what's going to happen with that one. I like Chrome to win it though. I do. Yeah, I think if they're going to win a game this weekend, it'll be that one. Um, final game of the weekend. Cannon's Atlas, again, one of those like Mandela effect games that seems like these two teams just play each other every single weekend. Um, Cannons are the underdogs in this one at plus 140 on the money line. They're plus one and a half on the spread. Over-unders 25 and a half. Again, no Jack and Cannon this weekend. That Cannon's offense is so good. Like, you guys heard it in in the interview with Sarah. Like, their roster on paper is too good to be where they are right now. Their offense is too good to not put up points on a team missing their starting goalie. That's why it's so important for teams like the Redwoods, Whipsnakes, Waterdogs, if they want to clinch, they got to win. Because you can't, you don't, you don't want to rely on another team to determine, you know, the outcome of of your weekend if you make the playoffs or not. Take it into your own control, win your game, and and get in. I think Cannons win this game. Atlas playing a doubleheader, it's going to be tough. The altitude, I think, will play a factor for some of these guys that aren't used to playing in that altitude, and. Like we've said, cannons are treating every single week like it's a, a winner go home playoff game. That is the message in their locker room. And without number one goalie, without Jack and Cannon back there, 
we, like we've said all season, Alice goes as Jack and Cannon goes. And with him out with an offense that includes Ryan Drenner, Lyle Thompson, Shane Jackson, Stephen Reefus, who's rookie of the year candidate, Paul Rabel playing the way he is. I I have a hard time picking against the Cannons in this situation. I, I can't. I'm not going to pick against them. I got Cannons winning this one uh, for sure. You can lock me in with that. You can also lock this in as my game of the weekend. Um, I think Atlas coming in knowing that they can pretty much put Cannons on the absolute brink is going to be kind of important for them. That'll make them feel good. That'll make you know, that'll boost their confidence going into the next weekend, getting ready for playoffs. And then Cannons on the, on the opposite side are thinking, well, if we lose this week, well, that's just about it. Like, we got to win next week. And I don't think they want to be in that scenario where their backs are literally on the wall. You know, sure, Paul, Lyle, all those guys could do it. They could win in those games in those scenarios, but they don't want to be there. It's going to be a uh, – a lot of energy and a lot of uh, a lot of passion played in this game because they know what's at stake moving into the next weekend. Yeah, and I mean, if Atlas can end up winning this game, like what a nice little like shape of an L on a forehead. Shout out Smash Mouth to Paul. Like, hey, we traded you, but we're going to the playoffs and you're on the brink. Like. I think that that's a fun little storyline that probably doesn't mean shit to either of these teams. But from a fan perspective, it's fun to think about. Like if Atlas win, it's like, haha, like we beat you. We beat our, our former, you know, face of our team to clinch our first playoff spot that you never got a chance to have. That you pretty much designed this team for and, and, you know, you wanted to be a part of, but now you can't. So good fun. luck in Albany. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully we hopefully we see you in the playoffs. Um, so our picks of the week, you and I both going Atlas in uh, on Friday night's game. We're both going Redwoods against the Archers, although I think it's going to be very close. I would not be shocked if Archers win that game. Um Whip snakes, water dogs, my game of the week. I am going with the water dogs. You're going water dogs as well? Yeah. Chaos Chrome. I'm going Chaos plus one and a half. I don't know who the hell is going to win this game, but I think Chaos will cover. That's all I'm going to say. You have Chrome winning. Um, I'm not picking a winner because I, I don't like the game is gross. Uh, and then Cannons Atlas, we're both taking Cannons because it's a, it's a do or die situation for that Cannons team. And uh, those are our picks of the week for Colorado. And then our final bit of uh, just bits and pieces around the league. Top Shelf, the PLL video game, is out. The mobile game, as Mike Rabel teased on this show a couple weeks ago. Uh, it is here, and DJ, I think I am like absolutely addicted to this game. It is stupid fun for like how like simple it is, and I mean that in a great way. Like the way that it's like executed, yeah, I get so pissed off when I miss a target in this game. <laughs> like I want to throw my phone across the room. It's like right. you miss one target, and it's like oh, game over. Literally, and it's like. 
I swear I hit the target for one. I know yes. I hit the target. So like, stop cheating me. And for two, why is it one target and I'm done? What happened to like right. three strikes and you're out? They said fuck baseball rules. <laughs> um, but it is super fun. You get the power ups and use them all at once, and it's like absolutely broken. Um, who's your player of choice? Because I've I've dabbled around with a couple of the players. I've unlocked a couple of them, and I I have a preference of who I feel comfortable playing top shelf with. So I have not unlocked anyone because I went the stick route first. So I have all the sticks unlocked now. <laughs> but um, right now, um, ironically, don't don't slash my head for this. But uh, Lefty Matt Rambo is is my favorite right now. Hey, I can't I can't hate you using a Philly boy. Um, I tried Rambo. I tried Paul. But for whatever reason, when I started my game, it defaulted to K-18. I can only use Kyle Harrison in the game and and succeed. Like, it's, and I'm not even, that is, as the kids say, no cap. Uh, I, like, Rambo's head is too big and blocks the one side of the net for me. And then Paul's hair gets in the way of the side that it's facing and I can't see the targets and I miss it. And then that's when I lose (laughs) Kyle being set up perfectly in this game. He is the go-to player for me. He's the one I have my record with. What is, what is your, your high score right now? Because I know neither you or myself are like Dom, who is an absolute crackhead and ended up getting top three on day one. And it was like, all right, I need to take a break. Um, my high score is only 76. Yeah, mine's around there. I think it's like 60-something, 50-something. Like, it's hard. Totally. <laughs> those, <laughs> those targets start moving fast. I'm like, yo. You get the small ones in there. I was like, I need an exploding tool. <laughs> How fast do you think my fingers work? And then sometimes you hit the X target. And it's like, oh, you hit an X target, you lose. And it's I've like, yet to hit of an X target. So I hit like I- four. Well, the first time I hit one and I was like, why did I lose? Like, I had no idea. I didn't read like the summary or whatever. And then I read it the second time. I was like, son of a bitch. This (laughs) this game is out to get me. Literally. (laughs) Megan, it's so hard. And it's funny (laughs) because like it ends like there's no buildup in the speed. It goes from like super slow to stupid fast instantly. And I'm like, what is going on? I'm like trying to keep up. And it's like, you can't even let like. There will be moments where, like, you can, like, rapid-fire shoot, but then it's like you're dead. Once you do it, it's like you're done, and you need, like, one of the exploding things. You need a freeze power-up or something. It's it's like shooter's fatigue is real or something. (laughs) It's so fun, though. Like, what a game. And it's, like, one of those things where we said it was going to be simplified to hit as many demographics as possible, but, my God, this game gets me so angry. It gets me so mad. I get carpal tunnel. And I mean this all in a positive way. I love Top Shelf. I'm such a huge fan. Um, and I, I like, because when they teased it, like you saw kind of the basics of it, but it's like there's milestones for different things to unlock different sticks, unlock different heads. I like that aspect of it. It keeps you coming back. There's like login rewards and everything. If you reach a certain amount of login days consecutively, 
I, I think there's a lot of potential with this game and it's still in beta. Like they can add to it. Um, I like that. There's a ton of characters in the game as well already. I unlocked Colin Heacock um, because I had to. I felt like that was a, a culture move. Um, so I have I have K-18, I have Rambo, I have Paul, um, and I have Heacock in his... Which, also, did you find it weird that they have the, like, the color uniforms listed as the away uniforms? I was like that yeah. makes no sense. That makes like nobody nobody does home whites anymore except for like the Toronto Maple Leafs and they're a loser franchise. They lose in the first round every year. They don't make the playoffs. <laughs> your colored uniforms need to be your home uniforms. Uh I also love how they just are absolutely throwing it in our faces with the 2019 All-Star jerseys. I was just like come on. Um but there are uh, a lot of characters. So Kyle Harrison's in the game. Rambo's in the game. Paul Rabel. Miles Jones is in the game. Heacock's in. Um, Josh Byrne is in the game. Grant is in. Brian Costabile is in the game. Ryan Brown. And that is everybody so far. The, a lot more characters than I expected to be in. Characters, players, whatever you want to call it. Um, but it's like such a an easy like operating system for it too. Like it, it runs really well. Um, big fan of top shelf. So hats off to the PLL development team for making such an addicting anger inducing new wave, angry birds game for everybody. It's like flat. I saw somebody say it's the new flappy bird. Yeah, I saw that too. I was like, <laughs> wait, just wait till they got us uh, doing running with the bulls with our thumbs. Gonna be tapping with our Just thumbs. wait till they have us doing face offs and you, you got Trevor. You gotta win a face off. And it's like ah! goalie challenge and you're just sliding your thumb across the arc <laughs> trying to get to the save. Face offs, it's like you gotta have joysticks and you gotta go back and forth, up and down. It's like you gotta spin and everything. <laughs> People are gonna be walking out like this. Literally. Oh, what happened to you? I was playing a uh, top shelf. <laughs> you see, I was playing this game here, and my my hands are stuck holding my phone the way that it is. So <laughs> it's uh, okay; they'll they'll fix themselves in a few minutes. Yes, it's still in beta. Don't worry. Uh, big fan of top shelf, though. So shout out to the PLL for that, and shout out to the PLL for getting into the trading card game. They strike the deal with tops. And I don't know about you, DJ, but growing up, I fucking love trading cards, whether it was Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, baseball, football. I just love opening packs of cards. It is like a thrill like no other. Like it, it is the safest alternative to like getting addicted to something that's bad for you. I, I would tell my mom all the time I'd be opening like Pokemon cards or something. Should be like, this is ridiculous. You're wasting your money. It's like I could be you, I could be doing drugs right now. Would you rather me be opening Pokemon cards or doing drugs? You take your pick. She always sided with the Pokemon cards, thankfully. Because mom's See? the goat. Exactly. Um, the trading cards are the they're from the 2020 championship series. So everything's in there. I don't know if you noticed. I don't know if it's an actual card that got produced, 
but on one of the Paul Rabel cards, they listed his number as number 18. So that's an error card. I'm going to need to get my hands on that. Because not only is it a vintage card, because he doesn't play for Atlas anymore, but it's an error card because it's not his number. Right. I'm going to need that ASAP. Um, so once they I'm going to have to like figure out where the hell they're selling these cards at. Cause we'll do card openings on our Twitch channel or something. And we'll have a whole card opening series and build a fucking roster out of the, the players. And everything. <laughs> it's like, all right, we're doing pack battles. Whoever builds the best roster out of their pack wins. Like I'm, I'm excited for what they end up doing with the trading cards too. So sign me up. I was like, Ooh, this is a, an itch I haven't scratched in a long time, but here we are. Lacrosse trading cards are back. Yes, and I'm so excited to waste my money on them. Totally. Hold on. Waste. Because <laughs> I will be buying plenty of them. Literally the shut up and take my money gif. Oh, the amount of trades we're about to see on sideline swap. Oh, my God. For Premier League League tops cards. And imagine if they, they go the route of, like, baseball and you have, like, red foil cards and blue foil cards and stuff like that. Oh, my moment cards like they do for 24 hours they sell on top's website i wonder oh i wonder if they're on top's website now they might be now we're gonna check this live ladies and gentlemen so let's see here we go um (laughs) i literally thought they had like a laser eyes ronald acuna jr card on their website right now um tops now shop all brands do not see pll yet come on tops get with the program also like can we get some of these products sent to us mike rabel We're the homies. Like all these people talking about they got cards. I'm like, right. where? Where's our care package? Let's make this happen. Um, but I'm very excited for once they're available because I will be buying a shit ton of those and doing box openings. We will open them live. We will do whatever. Can't wait. Super excited. I have one tops trading card in the studio on the shelf that's over here and it is Bryce Harper's uh walk-off grand slam against the Cubs a couple years ago had to buy it um and then I also have one of Albert Pujols's like milestone home runs from like a couple years ago as well I was like I need that that's iconic um so hopefully they start doing that with the PLL too like milestone milestone like points or goals or something like that I could see that totally happening with this partnership with tops and uh i'm excited trading cards are fun as shit and it's another thing that like it reaches a widespread range of demographics um so again pll they just straight up don't miss and they got their gatorade bottles for you those gatorade bottles are sick they're like, fire those would be the kind of thing that i would like to put on the shelf and like tell totally that i never use it's like Somebody comes over and it's like, don't you touch that. Oh, uh, can I get some water? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, no. Here's a glass. Go to the tap. 
<laughs> Please. <laughs> Nobody touches the Gatorade bottle. There's plastic water bottles in the fridge. <laughs> it's like part of your game day shrine. <laughs> Redwoods are playing in a big game. You, you, water bottle's going to go right here on the left-hand side of the TV stand. <laughs> Don't you dare touch it. <laughs> They're fire, though. Uh, I might have to get my hands on one of those as well. Because, I mean, those Gatorade bottles are clutch. They're clutch. They are. Um, I think that's all we got. A fun episode, as it always is. Shout out to Sarah Griffin coming on. Uh, Make sure you guys follow her on Twitter with her bazillion Twitter followers she has. And uh, check out her podcast that drops on Saturday. Make sure you guys go to playpickup.com to play the props. Check out all of the prop bets that will be dropping over at playpickup.com so you can win a whole bunch of prizes and a whole bunch of stuff from our friends at pickup play pickup.com is where sports fans come for the props. Uh, big thank you to our sponsors, Tomahawk shades, stateside vodka and Kenwood beer Tomahawk shades.com promo code USP. You get 25% off your order at checkout stateside vodka.com. You get 10% off the one liter bottles of vodka at stateside vodka.com with promo code USP. And Kenwood Beer, go to kenwoodbeer.com. Use the Kenny tracker to see who has Kenny's on tap. You got to be 21 or older to purchase Stateside Vodka and Kenwood Beer. And please drink responsibly. Make sure you guys are following us on social media because we're going to have a shit ton of fun this weekend uh, for Lacrosse After Dark. At OTB Laxpod, Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. You can follow DJ on Twitter at SCS underscore next great. Make sure you follow Harrison and Dom on Twitter as well. Harry GK 83 at wash lifestyle for both of them respectively. And uh, make sure you check out the website. Cause that's where the props are going to be integrated into underground sports. Philadelphia.com is the website and make sure you guys subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Let us know. Who you think uh, is going to win these games this weekend? Who's clinching a playoff spot? Who you want to hear on the podcast? What players do you want to hear from? Let us know. Drop it in the podcast reviews. Five stars only because we have standards. We know you do too. And we know they're five stars. And uh, nobody nobody likes a, a Debbie Downer. So don't leave anything less than five stars. Don't be don't don't bring that big loser energy. That's all we're saying. Uh, you can also check us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And we will be back next week breaking down everything that went down in Colorado, prepping for Albany. I'll be in Albany. Sarah Griffin's going to be in Albany. So we're going to have in-person meetup with Sarah. It's going to be a ton of fun. And uh, it's going to be a six-game gauntlet in Albany for the playoffs. Absolute ridiculousness is going to go down in Albany. Um, But we have bye week in between. Yeah, so we'll have... More bye week blues, but it'll be worth it. And uh, Colorado is going to be a blast. So everybody going out to Colorado, have a ton of fun. And uh, we'll be online for hashtag lacrosse after dark, PLL after dark, whatever the hell we're going to call it. We'll be there. Twitter spaces will be there. Be there. It's going to be fun. Uh, but this has been episode number 180 of the Outside the Box podcast, part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. For DJ, I'm KB. We'll catch you guys on the internet for Lacrosse After Dark.
But until then, we're going to get the hell out of here. Catch you guys next week on the podcast. Peace. Peace.